Welcome back to this week's episode of the Maneater Digest. Today, we'll be talking with some of our reporters about how Memorial Union came to be, online dating, and even topics such as ranch dressing. Tune in for all of this and more. First up, an interview with Audrey Norquest on her move piece about Memorial Union. Uh, so why did you choose to write this story in particular? Um, so I originally chose to write the story because I had a teacher talk about mem- Memorial Union. And then like the same weekend, the story was pitched by the move editor. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have the perfect source for that. I thought it was really cool because hearing my teacher talk about it, there were so many aspects of Memorial Union that I didn't know. Okay, awesome. So can you just give us like a quick rundown of your story? So my story will focus on a little bit of the history of Memorial Union and also like why it was built. But the main focus of the story is really on the hidden details of it, like the special ornaments around the building and the architecture itself. If you just look at Memorial Union, there's so many like little hidden details about the building that a lot of people don't know unless you like really look at it. So it's just super interesting. And my story really focuses on that. Awesome. So can you tell us when Memorial Union was first built? Okay, so it was originally constructed in 1923. And it was... construction finished in 1926 and that was just of the tower originally the tower was separate from the wings the wings came a couple years later um they got more money for it the tower is like the main aspect of it it has the most detail and it has the most meaning in general it was obviously made in honor of the world war one veterans who were from missouri once world war ii took place more names were added and since then they've just kept adding names to the memorial and of other people who have died in other conflicts and other wars that's been going on since then but what have been some of the major changes Um, made to Memorial Union over the years? The main thing was the addition of the North and the South Wing. They've added names for each conflict that's taken place since then. And just the main thing that's changed hasn't been the outside of it. It's mainly been the inside of it more so. Like there used to be a huge cafeteria in the basement and there used to be a bowling alley. The inside of Memorial Union used to be a lot less formal and be a lot more like informal. It used to be like a sole hangout spot for students, especially before the student center came and was built here. Uh, Memorial Union was really where everyone hung out and went to. Are there any other interesting facts about Memorial Union that are pretty unknown that people wouldn't typically think of? Like sculptures around the building. Um, Like if you'll notice, just looking up at Memorial Union, um, the spikes and the... I think one cool thing that I learned about it that I didn't realize until it was until it was blatantly pointed out to me was the fact that um, the clock on Memorial, like the Roman numeral for the number four, it's like usually an IV, but on the clock, it's four eyes in a row. They chose to do that and they did it. And so I think it's kind of cool. It gives like a little uniqueness to it. Um, and also just the fact that like the building itself was like made to look old. So like this is obviously like a fairly new monument less than 100 years old, if that. It was made to look like it had a resonance, and it was important, and it was made to elevate the university in general. If you look up at it, there's like soldiers that are sitting around the top of the Union um, in honor of the veterans, and there's the Missouri State Crest, and then the University of Missouri Crest, and then the United States Crest. But I dive into like each one a little bit more, and like their specific meaning kind of in my story. How did you research this story? 
I got really lucky, and I talked to Michelle Fraze. She's the Associate Dean of Students. She has so much knowledge about the building and about different buildings on campus, and so um, I talked to her, and she was a lot of my um, information, and she provided me with a lot of different um, websites to use and a lot of different people to talk to, and um, archive documents I could go into. And it was super cool knowing how much knowledge that she has about it. Like she was able to like sit with me and talk to me for like an hour about every part of it without looking at like a script or anything. So it was crazy and I love that. Yeah, she gave me like a, a Google folder of different research that one of her past students have done. The information that the student made was for a project of her own. Miss Fraze, she kept it. Um, but yeah, I was really happy to see that. And and were there any other sources that you interviewed in person? No, she was the only in-person one. On that note, I think that's it. But thank you so much for talking with me. Yeah, of course. Next, an interview with Worry Leowola about the cons and maybe some pros of online dating. So what inspired you to write this article? I guess, you know, coming to college as a freshman when we're younger like in high school like nobody ever thought about like you know let me download tinder or whatever like you're in your own like mini social sphere and it was high school like tinder seemed like you know a different like world it's like a tinder plague on this campus like everybody has to go through that whole like you know rite of passage you have to download like tinder but after being on both sides like oh yeah i could definitely like you know find something substantial from this app and then being on the, oh, that's impossible, you know. The love of your life is not in Columbia, Missouri. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so can you give us a super quick summary for those who haven't read the article? I mean, you kind of went over it already, but. It basically just, you know, talks about how, like, online dating is not, you know, the most beneficial way to, you know, find a partner if that's, like, what your objective is. I mean, in the article, like, later on, I talk about, like, hookup culture and how, like, you know, that's very synonymous, like, college experience. What do you think the single biggest con of online dating is, in your opinion? I think it's not knowing what people's intentions really are. I mean, I'm a big people person and I'm usually able to like read people very well. And so being on um, an online dating app, you are not able to tell because you're behind screens. You can you can only tell so much emotion from somebody's like text. People are able to like lead you on and on and on without any consequence. I think one that it's really important is definitely the risk of um, meeting dangerous people online. We're in a college campus. I actually do know a lot of um, people who have like, you know, regretted like meeting up with somebody who like they have um, matched with on Tinder or like, you know, they thought like it was going well and like, you know, ended up not so good. I mean, on the flip side, do you know anyone who's had good experiences from online dating? Absolutely. I have a friend right now actually who's um, dating, whose boyfriend she met on Tinder. I actually, know a couple people i have a friend who was dating her boyfriend for a really long time and um they met on tinder and i was like oh wow like you know what are like the you know the three percent of people who make it out of like you know the whole like service and um yeah i do know somebody right now and she's having a great time i'm really happy for her i mean i don't think online dating is for everybody it's really hard for me especially i think it was more of like a i definitely fell into that self-validation like pool of when to like you know get swipes and um retrospect i don't think that there's any like you know benefit or like main benefit from it i mean except you're also like interested in like hookup culture because um i remember watching shameless and like there's this one episode or one season where like you know one of the main characters 
it just uses tinder like that's what she's like on it for you know there's so if like that's one of your things absolutely then that's like it's definitely your that should be your go-to app because there's no major connection that you're trying to build with the person so um and kind of going off of that you use tinder as the main example would you say that there are some apps that might be better to use than tinder for like more of a long-term relationship i see like eHarmony's like you know um advertise like a lot and like hinge i guess because i know a lot of people on hinge who have like a lot of people who have been on hinge or like they prefer it to tinder tinder has like a very wide market it's the first thing that you actually look to which is why i reference it a lot it's like it has i feel like a lot of research that i did it has like the biggest amount of like you know users yeah do you have any suggestions for people who may be more shy or have more anxiety about dating to actually go out meet people authentically in person um, one thing I live by, absolutely. One thing I live by is like, we're all going to die. Like if this thing happens, it's okay. Like it's not going to follow you for the rest of your life. In the past, like couple of months, I've definitely stepped out of my comfort zone and gone out to like, you know, meet more people and be more intentional in like my relationships. So I think that like if people, if you were in interested in doing something like that, because being on dating apps is very draining and it'll eventually like, you know, wear you out and like, you can change your outlook on relationships or like, and things like that. Okay, I think that's it, but thank you so much. Thank you. Lastly, this is Sarah Mora on some of the disastrous food creations in America, including the ever so popular ranch dressing. So can you give us a quick overview of your story, kind of a summary of what it's about? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's basically just how me as an international student sees uh, American cuisine and like some weird foods I find in it. Like, for example, ranch, which is basically the, the reason for me writing this because I have this whole thing with my friends that I will like rant about it and like how much I hate it and I cannot accept it at all. And one day I was arguing with, with them and they said, wait, wait, you should write about that. Like, that's really good, actually. And I said, yeah i should tell the people how weird it is and to stop because it's just not it what are some recommendations of foods that we could try like stuff that you really miss from home oh the first thing anyone should try from brazilian food is feijoada which is basically this this dish that was made like a long time ago back when slaves were a thing still that the owners of their owners would like throw away the rest of their food and the slaves would like get all the rest and mix it with black beans and with like the rest of the meat and rice and like it's really good and it's the number one thing anyone should try when trying american uh, brazilian food that sounds really delicious um are there any foods here in the united states that you also have in brazil that are familiar um like typical like american foods basically just like the big ones like mcdonald's burger king that type of stuff but like american basically just american fast food i think that is the most common thing you can find in brazil that is like the same thing and i know you're talking about the atrocity of ranch and i glanced at your article i believe it was root beer <laughs> or some of the other ones are there any foods from the u.s that you really um enjoy i really like pancakes because pancakes is not a, like a normal thing back in back in my home, so I really love pancakes. Anytime I was here before I moved here, I would order pancakes every day for breakfast. And nowadays I don't because I don't have the space in my dorm. But anytime I have the chance, I will order pancakes and eat it because I love it so much. 
Uh, I've gone a lot to Disney World as a kid. My mom took me a, a couple times with my family, or just like just me. Back on my so- junior year, I came here to like tour colleges before I decided which ones to apply to. So I've been to Chicago and Asheville. What else? Um, Chapel Hill, New York. Basically, just like the tourist towns or like big college towns. But that's basically it. Um, did you like the food there more than in Missouri? Because I know Missouri food can be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't know because I I I feel like this is the same food everywhere for me at least. But like back in Orlando, there's this restaurant called Camila's, which is basically just American uh, Brazilian food, and I really like that. But American for American food in of itself, I think it's just basically the same thing for me in everywhere. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for talking to me. This was yeah, really fun. Always. Thanks for listening to the Manager Digest. As always, check out our Spotify and follow us on all socials to look out for new episodes. <laughs> <laughs>